Shrimp shark, like, even though they're like a massive operation, even even in Australia, like, you think like the shipping's still not quite there, or is it just this time of the year? You reckon? I don't know in general because I don't order from them enough. Mm. So fair enough, kind of average look at it, but like as a first time real buyer, there's been I think it's been over a week. Yeah, I think I think the thing as well is like that's normal. Mm. Apparently, like a week or two week kind of delivery is like relatively normal. But I order everything from Amazon. I was gonna, I was just I was just thinking that I was just thinking that I was like. Amazon has ruined like everything for everyone. Like, if you don't get it the next Absolutely. day now, you're just like, what? What's it with, pisses me off. What's with this service? It's shit. <laughs> yeah, like it's terrible, but it's like actually normal. Like it's average, and we're just so privileged to use Amazon every time. What do you know? People who use Amazon, or is it just like us? Um, like I'll, I'll be like, it took it actually took me a while to get onto Amazon. So it took us a while as well. Yeah. I think I think people are definitely coming around, especially with. Um, I know, like a lot of the things I used to buy on eBay, I'm getting on Amazon now. So like, yeah, yeah. Let's let's say like uh, a HDMI adapter to, to plug to the external monitor for the for the laptops. Um, mm. I'd buy something like that. I'd buy like a little Bluetooth adapter um, for for the yeah. PC. Um, all sorts of stuff. Like, what what have you bought from Amazon? Everything. Dude, every, literally everything. I bought the watch. I bought this watch from Amazon. Oh shit! What is it? Seiko. Uh, uh, sorry. Or- that looks nice. Yeah, Orion Bambino V two. Yeah. Really nice. That's fucking incredible. Um, yeah. The, like, dude, they do everything. Everything's good. Yeah. I think everything is good. like Amazon Prime is the most worth it subscription I have <laughs> so much it's fun yeah I, like Janie's Janie's gotten around to buying like a couple of things um, they have uh, I think a lot of the books so I used to, I used to think like Amazon was kind of expensive but for books <laughs> they're actually just as competitive sometimes they're more competitive than some of the other mm-hmm. like online stores so yeah um, it's the money I don't know dude. it's that delivery for me yeah. Like, if I buy something, I really only buy something if I need it. Yeah. If I want it, then I can wait. Yeah. Right, I'm okay. Is what it is. Yeah. Like, I can, the Gymshark shit, I'm like, I want it tomorrow, but I'm like, ugh, it doesn't really make a difference. Yeah. <laughs> like, when I buy shit, it's usually when I need it, and I'm like, get it to me right fucking now. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, sure. And it saves its time. Actually, that's that's a perfect example. So, like, let's say if we we've been like kind of like uh, like throwing around the idea of running a podcast, and you know we've got the microphone set up the first time, but like you know it's a bit awkward. You, you'll be like, oh, I could probably get, uh, you know, you've got like your microphone attached to like the scissor, so that's like yeah. that's like something you'd be able to pick up on Amazon in like two seconds, and they'll deliver it the next yeah, day. Literally. Yeah, literally every. Uh, Dude, just brush it and get shit straight away. What what doesn't Jeffy Bezos uh, not have? <laughs> Dude's proud. Do you know there's a petition? I think I maybe I said it yesterday. Yeah. There's a petition on the internet which 122,000 people have signed. Yeah. And that Jeff Bezos should stay in space. Really? <laughs> tell tell me tell me more more about that. Like what what was that about? 
What was the details behind uh, I don't know. He's just going to space. Like, the, the only details I know is he's going to space. Yeah. Right? We don't need this crazy. As, as in the people want him to go to space or he's nominated himself to go to space and people are petitioning? Nah, he's already going. You know he's actually going to space, right? Nah, I didn't know that. That's <laughs> He's going to space. Like, it's that actual thing. He's going to space. Yeah. I thought, yeah. So that's good context. He's actually going to space. And then... 122,000 people signed a petition saying he should stay there. He should stay in space. Yeah, we should make him stay there. <laughs> is, is that like just the crypto community? Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea why. Like, what the hell is wrong with the world? Bezos is like arguably one of the most goddamn... Like he's done the most. Yeah. Bill Dammit, I say. How many people does he give jobs? That, that's funny like imagine like he's a robot he goes up there and he just like replicates like a whole species and then there's this whole like earth versus mars thing you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> imagine that shit yeah. oh shit yeah. like I'm in the middle of like well, I grew up kind of in the middle of like lower class middle class for me so yeah like really paycheck to paycheck like I was I'm pretty sure my like what I was earning at like 19 or something was like I think pretty close to more than both my parents combined. Yeah. Shit. So it's like, yeah, like they didn't have much to really save. Yeah. Um, cause, you know, they're also raising three kids, which is, yeah, if them pretty much as much as you could, as much as they could, which means that, you know, unfortunately they're in a bit of a tough position now, yeah. which, you know, that's our, as kids and my responsibility to deal with. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of like let's say if you're you're a typical family household, you you've got your, you know, you've got your expenses around food, you have got your housing costs, and then you've got like, you know, your, um, like sending your kids to school and that sort of thing, right? Let's say you do choose to kind of like save money here and there, like with choosing buying in bulk and like choosing no like no brand sort of products when when you've got the choice and stuff. I feel like there isn't, even if you're super savvy, it's still not that much saved left over. It helps you get into a better position, but it's still yeah. way, way harder than say having no kids and kind of like sharing with yeah. the boys and like living off yeah. ramen noodles. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a grind. Like yeah. for them, uh, just for like people in that kind of position, it's, it's like we obviously have opportunity, right? So they can go get another job. They can, you know, upgrade their in, you know, increase their income. They can, you know, maybe get knowledge that can, you know, leverage some of their capital. But like, it is a bit of a grind where it's, you know, they kind of got so many responsibilities. And I think we touched on it last podcast, but there's so many responsibilities that keep them so tied in, and that it's such a risk to take any of like different opportunities. Hmm. Oh, like, you know, they got mortgage, you got three kids that you need to look after and feed and all the rest of that crap. They got bills on top of that. They got shit, like everything else, every other bill and expense you can think of. Plus with a society and environment around them that is essentially, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. Mm. It's it's a goddamn grind for these people, for, for people in that kind of situation because everything is telling them to spend money to kind of create that uh, facade of doing well. Yeah. But it's actually just keeping them in a similar position and making sure they can't get out of that, well, facade, like they can't get out of the fake shit and get to the real shit. 
Yeah. So, it's brutal. But, you know, I had plenty when I was a kid. I had more than, more than I deserved as a kid, I'd say that for sure. Yeah. What, what was, um, what was like, what was it like growing up? Did you have like your PlayStation games and your Game Boys and like your Nintendos and stuff? Like what was the, I feel like. Yeah, like, we had it yeah. at a certain age. Um, I, oh, for, for a while I wasn't really into, like, I don't think I got a PlayStation until my little brother. Is it, is it just you and your brother? So in your family? Oh, I got no, a little three. sister as well. You got three, you got three in your family. Younger yeah. brother, younger yeah, sister. Little sister. Yeah. yeah, little brother's 20, 22, shit, 21, 22. <laughs> Turning 24, he's like a year and a half younger than me. Yeah. At all. So at certain times of the year, we're like a year younger. Yeah. But in months, it's a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, and then my sister is 17 this year. Yeah. No, 18. I don't freaking know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure 17 next year. She's 16 at the moment. So like, let's say like, like growing up, um, what what was what was the console growing up? Do you remember the very first console you guys had? We played on the um, Nintendo sixty four. Oh, you had the sixty four, yeah. Hey, we played Bond. Um, what else we played? Smash Bros. Was that was that like a hustle on your half, or was it kind of like you and your brother would team up and go to your mum and dad and be like, "Hey, we need this. Like, we just we need this." <laughs> nah, dad, dad was a bit of a game. Dad played uh, a few games back in the day. Okay. He used to have. Uh, like land nights, or you know, the old version of land nights on the sixty-four with, you know, his um, like mum's siblings and stuff. Yeah, so it didn't take so much fun. convincing then. Yeah. <laughs> ah, he already had the sixty-four, so we just yeah. played on that for a while until, um, you know, the PS4 kind of really hit us. Oh, I think we got a PS3. Yeah, our first one was the PS3. Like when, I'm pretty sure the PS4 was kind of like coming out soon. That's when we got the PS3. Yeah. Um. When we upgraded, it was something like that. So, but when when we got that, dude, that was hella fun. But we were real um, outdoor kids. Yeah. Okay. Played outdoor. What what like, we played ridiculous amounts of sport. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So you kind of had the balance of, um, you kind of had the balance of the video games, but like, you were very much kind of like active in in sort of spending equal, equal amounts of time out outdoors anyway. Hey. Yeah, it's hard for me to gauge like what age we actually started playing video games properly. Yeah. Um, as in getting that kind of addicted to them. Yeah. Um, my little brother loves the shit game. He still loves them, but he loved the games back then. It was crazy. Yeah. I can't remember. He was still in school, so it was like year 10, 11. I think that's when, like year 10, 11, when he was in year 10, 11. So I was kind of like, dude, I can't remember. It's really hard to remember that kind of, that age for some reason. But, um, yeah, he, we played, we definitely were outside a hell of a lot more as kids than inside. Yeah. For sure. Like, I remember that. Yeah. What what were, like, um, like thinking back when you're sort of younger, like, what were some of the things that, like, you felt like you had to negotiate? Like, that there were kind of, like, more uh, wants <laughs> than rather than, like, needs? And, and, like, they were kind of, like, it took a bit of bargaining with your parents. Um more like the social setting kind of stuff like going out uh, okay <laughs> i was a bit of a butterfly um yeah social so i like to go out and party and yeah i grew up at like a cricket club if that makes sense yeah so i was around older people um like they were like 18 when i was like 16 or 
like when I was 12, 13, some of my mates were already 18, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It makes, makes sense. I, I, I hear like, I hear like it, it's kind of like good and bad, like the whole, um, the whole like, you know, sort of footy club and like cricket club, you kind of have that social thing, but then there's also like this whole status and like kind of, um, relation, like, you know, sort of like, uh, like kind of like the pressures and kind of like, you know, will cause your, your son's kind of gone to like, goes to the same cricket club as us or the same footy club. We'll, we'll sort of scratch each other's back and kind of help each other out. So it's kind of like, you've got that sort of social, support system um at least that's kind of what like i've heard a little bit like have you have you sort of experienced any of that or um so yeah social support systems are maybe an interesting word yeah it's kind of how deep you are kind of in the world yeah. i guess it's like a, a weird kind of kind of way to describe it but <laughs> there are different so what if that makes sense yeah like if you're just around and whatnot then yeah you know it's the social aspect but as you get deeper and deeper, I believe it gets just a touch toxic. Um, yeah. Where it's competing against each other, egos are high. Um, but yeah, it's it's all right. It's, it was not. It was a good place to grow up because it allowed me to mature relatively quickly. Yeah. Uh, taught me lessons. Taught me what I didn't want to be. Um, which you know that's an important lesson because trying to work out what you want to be, obviously, you need to work out what you don't want to be first. Yeah. So. <laughs> so it's not easy but you know there are definitely pros and there are definitely cons to that kind of setting yeah um, but yeah actually on, on that kind of like topic like you know kind of knowing what you like and what you don't like was there were, do you remember sort of like growing up was there like a, were there things that you had to go to that you like your parents kind of made you sort of go to that you um, that you didn't like sort of enjoy or like you're kind of forced like was it like church or like there was the sports getting a bit much or um I've I've been in the church one time yeah and I didn't last in there yeah to leave I'm allowed in there I'm too loud and boisterous and weird <laughs> I, I, we didn't get raised um with any religion my parents yeah any religion we just didn't really have any exposure to it yeah. um I don't, I, you know, we got, we got mates who are very religious. So my views are, I don't have any views on it. It's just, yeah. Uh, not something I was ever exposed to as a kid. So yeah. yeah. Um, but as when it goes to like, I was pretty much allowed to do a lot of things mm. and I think I didn't want to do, you know, I didn't really have to do it, but certain things that you just have a responsibility to go to like a lot of the family events and you know when you're growing up at 16 17 18 like i want to go out with my friends i don't want to go to goddamn freaking some goddamn park and yeah. like five-year-olds but um you know as a family member it's, it's what's necessary so you gotta kind of breed that culture yeah it's, i think it's kind of interesting like it sounds um, and I think it was quite healthy, like your upbringing in the sense that you, like, you know, you had the sports and you kind of balanced it with, um, you know, sort of time with the video games and stuff. I think like from like an Asian like household, the like growing up was like, Hey, you know, we're working really hard. You need to get your education right. Otherwise you're going to end up like, you know, like the, the dudes, like the analogy Vietnamese probably use is like, 
you're gonna end up as a garbage truck man like and i don't know why like i don't know like why that's a thing but like it just kept getting repeated Dude, they get paid man and yeah that's what i'm like you get paid proper jokes on jokes on my, my parents and, and, and the vietnamese community <laughs> dude like that's where the big bucks are they're missing out um but like sort of growing up for us um i so i've got two older sisters and, and a younger brother and for us it was you know stay home um your reward is video games but like you have to share a playstation between like you and your brothers and your sisters and like we're gonna we're gonna buy the pirated playstation so that we can buy the, yeah. the copied games so that like yeah, it's a one-time yeah. cost you know what i mean so yeah. yes we're gonna pay a bit extra but you're gonna have 30 games so you're not gonna bug us every week to to, to yeah, pay a hundred dollars yeah. for the latest title um yeah no that's logical and then and then the and then the negotiating came with like a you have to go to like tutoring so like a lot of asians are forced like at a younger age to do like i, I don't know if it's so much the case now um but growing up it was very common for uh it was very common for me to and, and like sort of people my age to go to tutoring so like you'd have extra english classes or like extra maths classes um mm. and that was on top of like school right so after school you'd you'd, you'd do you'd go to like some weirdo's house and like you'd, you'd come into his house and like you know you got a table you bring out your books and like they go through i met some weird bloody like tutors some weird people who probably shouldn't be tutors yeah yeah <laughs> um, but oh, right. that's crazy didn't, didn't didn't work out so smart. Didn't work out so great for me. <laughs> Not that smart. What, what did they um? Uh, you hear that stigma of like, without being fucking stereotypical of like, oh, you know, Asian parents want to become a doctor and all that kind of crap. Yeah. Like, did you push a certain kind of industry on you? I I think like um maybe for for my older siblings so like um they they both did pretty well so one um. I think they started off with like scholarships in school. So like they were trying to get, um, you get to about 14 or 15 and then that's when you potentially like get into like um, year nine scholarships in, in like the, the the public or the grammar school. So one of my sisters went to, I think it was like Mac Rob and then the other sister got into like, um, like a, a grammar school, can't remember which one. Um, and they they end up doing like optometry and and um and, and law right so both pretty good so i think once once it got to me they were just like oh yeah like he's gonna be okay but by the time i got to eighth or ninth grade and the grades were kind of like you know c minus b plus <laughs> i think they kind of yeah. realized like mm, doctors ah uh, shit <laughs> this ain't for you <laughs> yeah i i i for, for my sisters it was very much like hey you, you're getting like a's let's let's try to get you like higher so, so you can become a doctor and a lawyer yeah for me it's more like mm. Mm, you know doctors don't get c minuses and, and b pluses like even at this age you know <laughs> yeah i think that's like one thing we don't give maybe enough credit like for parents is especially like when they're raising like the firstborns so they're just trying to work out what the fuck's going on yeah like I, I feel as a twenty-four-year-old, and you feel as a thirty-year-old, you got a little bit more experience on me. But dude, you find every day just to find out what the hell's going on. Yeah. You know, like everyone, so everyone's good. struggling and having the responsibilities of a kid. Like I'm pretty sure my dad was similar to your age when he had me. Yeah. 
It's Absolutely, like, that's crazy. I'm like, I think it was like 30, yeah, early 30s or something. So I'm like, yeah, me, dude, your job is pass on what wisdom you have and keep me alive. I, you did a pretty damn well job. So, and but yeah, like you started, you went to uni, right? Yeah, I, I, I had, uh, yeah, I, I started uh, entrepreneurship. So like it was a new degree. Studied entrepreneurship at uni. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, sounds, it, sounds, it sounds silly talking about it now. And like, I feel like I've heard, um, uh, I, I can't think of who exactly, but there's, there's, there's been a few people who can't, I think Gary V. Yeah, Gary V's got a very strong <laughs> stance on, on entrepreneurship and he goes, you know, Look, by the time you finish your entrepreneurship degree, I've, I've had four years of, of real world experience on top of you. So like, you've got four years to catch up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I did, I did business uh, majoring in entre- entrepreneurship, but it was, more, it was very fluffy, very fluffy sort of degree, to be honest. Macro, macro kind of crap. Yeah, very, very sort of high level. Like it's talking about how to get funding for angel investing. It's like, mate, mm-hmm. like, you have yeah. You haven't earned the right to play in, in in sort of small business world, let alone like try to get funding for. I mean, if you're really bright and like you're like a Mark Zuckerberg growing up, you might be able to get funding in like you know straight out of uni. But I feel like you don't have those kind of opportunities here, really. <laughs> not not in business yeah, school, anyway. Yeah, no, I feel I always heard uni was for network. Well, I always heard smart people say uni's for networking. Yeah. not for like and building a relationship it's not for actually learning like learning's done in the real world and done on your own self-improvement education kind of journey yeah yeah very much so I, I think like if you um, if you come across like other people who kind of really like if you come across like a, a Steve Wozniak or like a, a Steve Jobs like equivalent in your in your in one of your classes you might sort of network with them and try to build something on, on the side while you're finishing uni but half yeah. the projects and assignments and like things they get you to do at uni is very um, it's very it, it teaches you to research it teaches you to write it teaches you to um, be critical in your thinking but it doesn't teach you to take risks it doesn't teach you to use your own resources and actually try to bring a product to market if that makes sense you, you don't get any of those opportunities not not at our universities that's wild I think um, when mum wanted me to go to uni because oh, I was actually relatively like decent student wasn't stupid but I was lucky kind of well I found out about Hextet and I found out um, I think I, found out, I, I don't know who I found out about why hmm. but then I realised looking at kind of like uni and what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And I realized I just didn't have any freaking idea. Mm. I was like, I think that kind of really draws me in. Um, but I still had plans to go at like 15, 16, because that's what you do, right? And you go, I'll work it out. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I think, I'm pretty sure that's around the same age as I met Dylan. Dylan was like, you just don't really have to, like just you don't have to go, just think about it. Mm. And then I thought about it more and I was like, Shit, uni doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So, so I did like, I started. I yeah, I got really, really lucky with that because you know, I had some support when most people don't at that kind of age. But hmm. um, I wanted me to go really bad because I was 
relatively smart kid. Dad was in tech, so dad's, dad's been in trade, works on a golf course all his life. Um, and so, you know, they kind of wanted the best, but I didn't really want to go to uni. So it was like me kind of, you know, obviously getting lucky because I didn't incur the hex debt and I'm kind of ahead of when it comes to that with a lot of people. So I'm really, really lucky, but hmm. I then made the decision consciously to like not go through the exam period and chill like that, to not put the stress on myself and just use that time to work. Yeah. Like VCAL when you're 12. Hmm. Just pretty big decision because like people, I mean, that was the first VCAL at that school and it was like kind of hmm. like, you, I don't know if you have like kind of that pre, you understand the notion of like all the uh, connotation of what a VCAL student is. It's, 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 I suppose it's kind of like, it's like pathways into, um, it, it's kind of like more more practical hands-on stuff, but like it's a kind of like a pathway into getting uh, like qualified, right? Like, is it? Yeah, similar. It's kind of like the step before like TAFE and shit like that. Yeah. And it, all I wanted, like mum wanted me to get the year 12 pass because she was like, get the year 12 pass. So I found out a way. I was either going to go to another school to get a year 12 pass, but it, they ended up offering it my last year there of like, you just do this VCAL team. Yeah. And you get your year 12 fast, you don't have to sit exams, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, yeah. that'll do. I pretty much worked my ass off at Nando's and at a bunch of, did some cleaning jobs and started learning with and all that kind of stuff at that. So at, uh, was that the deciding factor? Yeah. Like like learning about the hex fees and kind of weighing up? Um, did you remember sort of going, going through that? Hex was kind of like a byproduct, a luck byproduct of uh, that I didn't have to incur after a decision of like not really understanding mm. what I wanted. To yeah. Like everyone had just, I don't know. I just remember this really clearly. It's like everyone was just immediately on that path. They didn't even question it of going to uni. Yeah. And they didn't question it one time. Did a lot of your friends go to uni? Like, like during that time? Yeah, all of my friends, all yeah. my friends from there went to uni. Okay. Pretty much. Was there ever kind um, of like- My close friends went. Was there ever kind of like, um, sort of uh, like curiosity in your mind as to like if you'd be missing out or anything like that like if you'd you'd kind of like not like going a different path I suppose to your to your friends that was that was a weird bit it was never a missing out feeling yeah not in that room not when it goes to uni like it never felt like I was missing out because I just didn't I just wasn't on that path I just didn't I just didn't get it I was confused but it never felt like I was like being left behind, if that makes sense. Because I'd, I'd also kind of removed myself from my friends just a little bit because I was going really, really hard on the knowledge and, you know, saving a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so I was like, it was like a perfect combination of events kind of led me to just be able to separate myself and focus in on investing and personal yeah. development. I think, but, um, I think, yeah, the cards like, like fell quite well for you in, in a sense that, you know, you had sort of discipline or you had like an alternative path like that was somewhat like, you know, clear to you, right? A lot of people who decide not to go to uni, they they go, all right, well, I guess I'm going to have to find work now. And, and it's kind of like yeah. I'm going to just throw myself into work and it's usually hospitality, bartending, you know, like customer service role, call center role, whatever. And that's not necessarily bad, but it's not really like, the educational alternative like path either that's that's kind of like self-education so yeah kind of interesting no, it's, it's, i kind of i think it comes down to obviously i had 
hell of a lot of help and there was a lot of luck involved but it was just like a touch earlier of a decision yeah that makes sense so like kind of the year of year 12 or it wasn't the year after year 12 i didn't want to go to uni it was like kind of yeah like that like year 11 end of year 10 kind of phase where i was like i don't get uni i don't want to do that i don't if i want it and i was really realistic with myself I was like if i do if this is not the right thing and i do want to go to uni i can just go as an over mm. i can just go older yeah i think I really realistic with myself in that aspect where i just i didn't hold it to myself i was just like it is what it is and i guess that's kind of my personality of more jump in and do something and yeah. kind of think about the consequences a little bit later yeah, self-awareness is what comes to mind and like I think it's so important to know and not feel sort of the, the, the sort of pressure from from other people, like the expectations of where you want to go, what your goals are and what actions you're going to take to reach those goals. So for myself, when I was in uni, I felt the pressure of completing uni even though I'd had a couple of years to see that it's probably not going to like at least halfway through I realized that this course is not going to do anything for me so mm-hmm. I, I kind of like all I had for me going like going for me was hey at the end of this I'm going to get a certificate or qualification which I hope an employee is going to recognize and that's what I had right but then on the other side of it I would have thought like someone I suppose someone who hasn't gone to uni especially if you, there's the pressures from your parents expectations wanting you to go to uni that can sort of amount to like this um you know sort of conflict right because on one hand you know uni is not for you but your your parents expectations for you to complete uni and I've, I've heard this like with friends where you know like maybe their younger siblings oh sorry their older siblings haven't completed uni so there's this expectation of like hey you're the youngest one you're the one to make our family proud sort of thing like um I think, yeah, it's a very interesting dynamic. So there's there's that side, there's the kind of figure it out yourself and then there's the people who've done uni like myself and gone, hey, I've wasted, you know, just wasted four years and I've got $30,000 worth or $40,000 worth of debt. You know, <laughs> it's crazy. Like, dude, the roughly, like, I really want to preface because I feel like people are going to hear this be like, oh my God, he's either made really good decisions or blah, blah, blah. Like, it was a lot of fucking luck. Yeah lot of luck man like a lot of dominoes fell perfectly for me like getting v getting vcal at that school that's never accepted it before yeah like it was the very first year i was able to take it uh to be able to stay in the same school stay in the same environment work in the same place and then meet someone who was saying like you don't have to listen to the pressures of everything else like and the opinions of other people like that that's so much luck mm. that it's really really hard to argue uh, that you know, oh, it was decision on my behalf. Like I don't think that at all. Like I know it was luck, but shit, I ain't gonna give it back. I'm gonna take the luck and I'm gonna <laughs> build upon it as much as I can. You know, so pay it forward as much as I can. But yeah. do, do, do you think? Do you think if you didn't sort of go down like the sort of the path of um, like self development and sort of seeing like the the context of why people go to uni and like the bigger picture and alternatives do you feel like you you'd have a bit more sort of um like self-doubt into like you know what i mean like as in like what path or what direction you're taking because it's quite quite normal for an 18 19 20 21 22 year old to feel like 
I need to be somewhere, but I don't know where that is. Do you know that, like that sort of feeling? I hear that quite often. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I, I don't know about you, but you know, I sometimes I still get that these days. Yeah. I'm pretty much work for myself, so it's still. You you get that kind of angst or that kind of anxiety of like, hmm. where should what should I be doing, and why don't I why don't I know what I should be doing? Yeah. It's like the weirdest unanswerable question of all time. A lot, a lot of that, a lot of that is just from. It's a lot of that is is not your own voice. That I feel like it's kind of the pressure of, usually a yeah, family sure. member, a friend, or like someone who's social media, social media, or, or someone who who seems like they've got it all figured out, or like, you know, yeah. they they've always known what they wanted to do and like they doing what they do, like what they set out to do. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, certain people like that if they are incredibly lucky and just, which is what it is, luck, if, if they are incredibly lucky and they work out what they want to do really, really young, yeah, um, you know, they, they will eventually realize how lucky they are to be able to come across that at such a young age. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I feel like a more realistic kind of mentality where at that age is like more like a Kaizen philosophy of like continue mm. pursuit of progression. Like yeah. just just keep ticking the reps over. Like one one thing we learned uh, around that age uh, is like, you know, can try and improve like one percent a day. Yeah. Just improve one percent a day, and slowly you're going to start figuring out who you are, what you are, what you want to do. Hmm. I, you know, just by that small kind of conscious and intentional ability of progressing. Yeah. I think, I think that builds really well on what you said in the last podcast around, you know, start with what you do enjoy, what you like, and just try to, you know, try to get 1% better at that thing that you like, you know, whether it's a hobby, it's, um, you know, it's education, fitness, um, relationships, whatever it is, just try to find out what's, if I was going to treat this like a game, video game, and I was going to get to the next level, what's something I can do to become 1% better every day, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just so that people understand, like 1% a day, like that's 365% a year. If that, if you put that into kind of an investing, like we're from an investing and training kind of world, that means you're the best ever. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. And and you're compounding. So like, you know, you've got the 1% on the 1%. You're compounding upon that, yeah. Yeah. You're compounding that as well which is important like yeah man, it's essentially what you do by having that kind of mentally is increasing the probability of success increasing yeah. the probability of you finding yourself and it kind of allows you to I don't know maybe relax a little bit because mm. you're like alright if I'm increasing my probabilities of success I, I pretty much know it's I, I hear really really smart people talk about um you know, they're called visualization thing. It wasn't a question of whether they were going to be successful. It's just a question of like, when? Yeah. Because they, they were so in tune and so kind of thinking long-term and progression mindset that it was going to happen. It just, if you keep ticking the right boxes, eventually it's going to happen. Yeah. But it's just, it's just when. Mm. So kind of pretty much how we're living at the moment. Like, I think like... Uh... Uh, Naval says humans are really good at 
getting like getting really good at one thing so if you put your focus on just one one thing your mind will figure out a way to get there whereas like if you have too many conflicting priorities that's when you you know what i mean like it it takes longer to get to where you want to go so yeah absolutely it's hmm. people just need a I want to, can I go back just to touch? Yeah, yeah, let's, let's do it. Hear more, like, you went to uni and did, like, business, and I know you, didn't you open a cafe and stuff? Uh, so, it was a, it was a, it was a grocery store, so, like, uh, yeah, it sold homewares and it sold groceries, so it was almost like um, a bricks and mortar rented out space, which, which um, yeah. sold products, yeah. Right, tell us, like, a little bit more about that experience, like, what age were you when you opened it? Yeah, yeah. So, I was twenty. I was twenty three. So, twenty two. Yeah, twenty two, twenty three. <laughs> um, so, this was the year after I completed my uni degree. So, after doing uni, um, finishing at, at like twenty twenty two, I had I tried to apply for work for like six months. And I didn't get any of the graduate roles that I was trying to apply for. Um, and at the same time, the opportunity sort of came up and um, my folks had actually come up to me and said, hey, look, there's um, there's a business broker who's, who's who's kind of got this opportunity about, which which involves selling groceries and selling homewares. Um, is this something you're interested in? And, and being like really naive at like 23, I thought, hey, this could be, this is, this is what I've been waiting for, you know? I'm going to be an entrepreneur now, you know, if I start my own business, but I didn't really understand what that entailed. Um, yeah. And I think I was smart enough to know that, like, hey, this isn't exactly where my passions are, but it might teach me valuable business skills, right? So I found myself giving it a go and looking at the numbers and going, all right, they're, the guys because the first thing my parents said to me was like hey this business turns over $5,000 a week and when you hear $5,000 a week like what do you think does that sound like a lot or little <laughs> like it's good cash flow I mean cash flow is a problem I got at the moment so cash flow $5,000 a week cash flow is not bad that's that's what I thought right 22 so thank you so, so like this kind of this kind of foreshadows a little bit because it, it, I don't know if I kind of like you can hear it in my voice but there's a there's a but you know like that's coming oh really yeah i've no, heard it before yeah. but i think it's like when you're 22 and 23 and that kind of normal 22 23 year old um obviously five thousand dollars is not a lot of money a week like it's it's not but at that kind of age relative to what the normal people are earning yeah dude, but even, even then so like matt's uh i wasn't like you know like top of my grade for matt's but I, I, like i was I was average, like a bit above average, right? So I kind of knew roughly how to sort of figure out whether the numbers made sense and if the business made sense. So right. quick, quick maths of you know fifty weeks in fifty weeks in a year, uh, five thousand dollars a week, roughly two hundred fifty thousand. So let's say the revenue was going to be between two hundred and fifty and three hundred thousand dollars. I'd have to work backwards and go, all right, from that revenue, what is the margin on those products? So, so what's uh, in accounting known as like cost of goods sold. So once you minus that, that's your 
your gross revenue. So like that's your revenue after you've paid for your um, actual products. And then you need to subtract your expenses. So like the main expenses when you're running that kind of business where you're selling homewares off a shelf or you're selling, um, you know, sort of uh, groceries and and, um, snacks and, and sort of, you know, stuff that you'd find in like a, like like a small supermarket sort of right is you've got rent you've got wages you've got council rates you've got um you've got electricity water and just like business licensing stuff right so the way i worked backwards was um it was a 50 it was 50 percent profit margin on 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 a lot of the goods so from the two hundred fifty thousand dollars or three hundred thousand um, and I'll have to show you like, uh, like a cash flow statement or like a, a bank statement to show you kind of like the the figures that work backwards. But pretty much, the biggest cost and, and the reason why the business wasn't that profitable was rent in that area was six thousand dollars, no five thousand dollars a month. So sixty thousand dollars a year was going straight straight up. It was going to the landlord just to use the space. Uh, so then there was around another $40,000 in wages. So that's two part-time, two part-time employees. Um, so you're looking, you're looking at like just between those two, that's $100,000 and electricity and all the other expenses in it ended up being around like $40,000 net at the end of it. So, <laughs> so I mean, that's, it makes sense. Like that's understandable. Like that's what, you assume, but mm. it's the way they sell that shit at the start is like, yeah. if you don't understand the actual business math, and I feel like, you know, to a younger audience, especially you doing that and stuff in uni and people may be doing it now with like, oh, business is like easy and all that kind of stuff. Like, what is it? 90% of startups, 99% of startups fail or something ridiculous. Yeah. One, like, one in, uh, uh, one one in I think five businesses fail. I oh, know, sorry, four four in five businesses fail in four in five businesses. I oh, know, yeah, one in five businesses fail within five years, and then I think it's like nine out of ten businesses fail within ten years. So like, mm. only one in ten businesses make it beyond ten years. If you're going into such a like competitive and like, yeah. Brick and mortar is relatively capped as, as it is in comparison to like pretty much what we invest in. Yeah. Being you know, growth tech stock. So it's like now that we understand that kind of uh, comparison when it comes to fundamental business, it's would you, would you still take that bet these days with your new business knowledge? No, that, not, knowing what I know now, I definitely think like I, I'm, I'm happy to chalk that up to, to a failure and like at the time, I was probably more, I was, I was kind of like half on the fence around like, you know, hey, I needed to do that. I'm, I was going to learn from it. It was important. But as I've gotten, gotten older, I've, I've, I've kind of like without like being able to look back on it without the emotional like ties to it and like how much like that went into it, right? All the stress and, and everything that went into it. I, I, I'm, I'm happy to chalk that up as, as a failure, which I learned from. But it wasn't. It wouldn't be something I'd do it again. If, if given like knowing what I know now, <laughs> like if I could go back and give advice to myself at the time, I'd say not to do it. So at the time, like yeah. you know, to get through it, 
I was telling myself, hey, you know, it was a good thing, but yeah, yeah, knowing what I know now, I wouldn't definitely. <laughs> biggest biggest takeaway or biggest biggest lesson? Uh, probably the the biggest thing is it's like if if I were to sort of give t- uh, like sort of a, a tip or, or sort of like uh, uh, like advice to someone who is quite young and they're looking to. For example start up a barber shop or, or like they're, they're they're looking to open up their own cafe and like these are like pretty common aspirations for 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 a young 20 something year old right uh I'd, I'd say make sure like you're sort of doing something that you're 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 definitely passionate passionate about and you you're not sort of worried about the money because if I had loved like sort of doing groceries and homewares and sort of, um, you know, being around that sort of uh, fast retail moving environment, then maybe it would have been different and maybe the $40,000 would have been fine. Um, but there's quicker ways to make money. Um, and, and I think don't, it's good to have aspirations. So the, the piece of advice is it's good to have big aspirations, big goals and, and to work towards them, but treat it kind of like a marathon. So start small get a taste for it figure out what your what assumptions you've made and give yourself enough time to figure out whether it is something you're actually passionate about because how often do you think you're passionate about something in in a year or two two years in you kind of go oh i was passionate at the time but it's not for me anymore you know and absolutely and, and this is like this this relates to gaming this relates to fads this relates to you know fashion sense and <laughs> yeah, everything yeah yeah that's a really really cool message because i got like I guarantee you there's people yeah you know young young and coming out of uni or you know starting uni and you know they've, they've got similar kind of aspirations and then we're going to get similar opportunities by brokers and i think um kind of hearing your story and knowing a few people with similar kind of stories it's understand everything you're getting into mm. like really really understand the flip side understand the knowledge as well and if you're doing it for money i'd say a it's probably not going to work just like mark you said like yeah passionate but if you are doing it for money there's higher probability and much better ways to make money than fucking first opportunity that comes aware it comes around yeah and, and that's and that's not to say not to um, dream big I think you can be resourceful you can definitely be resourceful and find ways to see what it would be like to run a big operation so like let's say if you're a barber right try to treat it like not a hobby but like a business and start cutting hair for friends and 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 you know set up something from home or from your garage and then the same thing with the coffee right maybe you start making coffee every single day and try to see what it feels like to put yourself you know in those shoes for for a little while because i think most people go from zero to 100 and and they don't sort of get a sense of what it's like it's it's like signing up to a a full marathon a full 40ks without trying to do like the 2ks the 5ks the 10ks to see what that feels like first yeah like when you've been for a walk i'm just gonna run a marathon (laughs) yeah yeah, just like on just like on the compound, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's um, I think yeah, 
There's a there's a book by Seth Godin called The Dip. Yeah, yeah, uh, I've heard of it. Your, yeah. your why or your passion will get you through that dip. And essentially the principle is when things get really, really tough, uh, it's like a cliff, right? When things get really, 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 really tough and you have to go down that cliff, the dip, and you're continually down that kind of downward spiral of, you know, the hard times of business where rent gets difficult, when rent gets difficult to pay, you know, there's no many customers coming in. If you're not passionate, you don't have your why surrounding what you're doing. Hmm. You know, it's going to be incredibly difficult to come through the other side of that and back up to the, the top of the cliff. So yeah. I think um, like you obviously had times when you were on that down kind of slope in that business. Like what what got you, obviously, you know, the business, like you said, it was a learned failure, but like what kind of got you through some of the hard times like when you were doing that? Yeah, I think it was uh, it, 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 it was it was it was tough. It did feel kind of like I was a bit trapped because there's uh, with the bigger the, the bigger the commitment, the more difficult it is to cut ties with with that commitment. So yeah, similar in relationships. Once you have kids, for example, more difficult, right? Once you engage, more difficult. If you're like casually dating kind of easy right similar similar sort of thing when it comes to business similar sort of thing when it comes to property you know uh, like purchasing property for example uh, versus like shares and and so on um i think yeah i think that um i think yeah with with the the difficult time i kind of just focused on on what what i can sort of do next instead of like just each day rather than kind of like you know what's the end goal so i did what i could in terms of advertising the business for sale um and then you know pretty much i didn't let i did what i could in terms of like promoting the business um, for sale but i didn't um, have expectations because there wasn't an easy way out um and there were times where i thought fuck like if this doesn't work out within the next two years i'm just going to declare bankruptcy and like just <laughs> and just kind of tell the landlord to, to, to stick it because the biggest in, in that situation the biggest trap right is like let's say if you let's say if you're in my situation and you kind of want to like you know you know shake your hands and go like all right i'm done with this business i'm i'm out yeah you have signed the contract with the landlord saying you're going to be renting out that space for the next five years so you have a commitment of well what did i say uh, sixty thousand a year you've got a commitment of three hundred thousand dollars to that landlord over the next five years the only way you get out of that is if somebody else is willing to continue that contract and, and come in you know, like comes in right so i don't i i kind of just told myself anything that kind of uh, all bad things come to an end and I feel like I've repeated that like to myself constantly during the dark times, and I think that's kind of true. Like we're, as humans, we're pretty resilient, and like whenever you kind of think back to like the worst thing that's ever happened to you, and you think like shit, like this isn't gonna get better. It always gets better. You just have to kind mm-hmm. of, you know, be hopeful that things are going to pass, you know, and have that sort of strength. Yeah, yeah. that's a beautiful message. Pain is temporary, right? But it's hard to understand it's temporary in the moment. In the moment, 100%, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. That's beautiful. Yeah. Dude, how many, how many years did you go in there for? So I was there for 
uh, three and a half years. I thought it was going to be longer, but yeah, three, three and a half years. So I got out at like 20, 25. Um, but at 20, when you go into a business at 22, 23, like three years feels like a long time. Three years feels like a really long time. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a goddamn grind. <laughs> uh, goddamn grind, me like that trapped feeling. Yeah, it's terrifying, man. And I feel like a lot of people have that in their own kind of way. Like the minute they start incurring extra responsibilities, whether it's mortgage or it's a car loan or if it's you know that nice fancy phone or extra clothes, all those liabilities, you know, they they start getting themselves trapped. Yeah. And then progressing the situation once you've got all that weight on the on your shoulders it feels like a pushing a so now as you're pushing a rock uphill yeah but you can get all the way out the top you're just continuously trying to push it uphill yeah very much so i i think i think that that's a, like a perfect um that's that's a perfect comparison i think um being in that situation did very much feel like having like all this sort of like credit card debt like i imagine the feelings are the same um, but in those situations, you you can either focus on how bad the situation is, or you can create a plan and then just action or, or start on that plan each day and, and sort of make small steps. And that's that's how you would you know that's how you would tackle a big debt when you you'd kind of just pay off what you can and let that sort of snowball. But um, having a plan is better than having zero plan <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. I guess from like I'm so freaking lucky when it comes to that because you know I'm pretty much I, I was lucky to have no debt and, and only kind of feel that feeling in really really specific kind of moments which you know bubbles and all that kind of crap mm. and being at a job where you have minimal kind of freedom and that kind of stuff but it's no way near comparison so like you're actually really teaching me something here because I can't I can only vicariously kind of live and feel that yeah so the, the grind yeah go I was gonna say so we we kind of talked about this um so we've gone from talking about not going to uni and being okay with that and then you know on the other end of it committing to this this huge business venture which kind of like you you kind of trap yourself into how do you bridge that gap so like you've got um let's say you're you're speaking to someone who's finishing school so they're 18 or 19 um and they know that uni's not for them they've started working a part-time job which which is kind of good at that age what advice or what kind of um what kind of things do you think is worth investing your time into um like uh, while you're working that part-time job so you can develop yourself what kind of things would you what kind of things did you do and what kind of things what other things do you think you could have done like any 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 additional things you think you could have done I was purely it was purely knowledge really um, like my kind of so you know that decision to not go to uni and just to work led into me working a hell of a lot yeah. So doing 70-hour weeks, including study at home, you know, 100-hour weeks quite regularly, um, 
because you know we were working on a time-based opportunity back then being crypto in 2016 2017 so were i tried you, to create were you working the, were you working 90 90 or 100 hours a week like during those during those periods so you you would yeah we pretty much worked like as many hours as we could at nando's yeah as many as we could like for me it was more of a like a, a shorter window because i didn't understand the opportunity as long yeah but um for, for for a really good while and then it led into working um i can't name the place because people know you can't name the place because sure. of shit but i worked at a different place um working as many hours as possible yeah and then the hundred you would make up in like study for at home as well yeah so you would do actually working like two full-time jobs working overtime at both of them one of them is literally just learning and knowledge and accumulating consumption and one of them is, you know, our kind of working on our time-based opportunity of getting as much capital to put into the markets as possible. Okay, so is, is, is uh, if I understand correctly, you picked up more shifts, so you were getting more like money like coming in from from like your regular job. Yeah. But then you're also yeah. realizing that's sort of like an an end ends to a means, but you're you're sort of spending your any additional time you had trying to upskill or like try to learn. Um, information and when you say knowledge you're, you're talking about like learning the financial markets you're learning the stock market you're learning trading you're learning crypto or, or that sort of thing or like how- that stuff as well as personal development so I think like the journey to investing and trading comes post being able to work out like who you are dealing with your ego understanding a few basic kind of like business rules and fundamentals and a lot of just you know things like different little things that are so second nature to it now like the 80-20 principle Pareto's principle yeah. like all those kind of different things you have to learn all of them before you really understand kind of how to look at a company the, the correct way yeah as a lot of the times you if, you if you're looking to invest in really anything uh, and we were speaking about it before there's a lot of sunk cost bias when you when you look at I mean, anything that you believe you're going to put your money into. And if you don't have the actual knowledge and the systems and the technicals behind what you're looking into, then you, know, you can get, uh, necessarily traps on the correct word, but you can get like kind of, or make misguided decisions. Yeah. Know the proper amount of information. Um, so yeah, when I was young, it kind of, and when I say young, it was like 19. What am I now? Five, four, yeah, 1920. Yeah. Or like kind of foot in, foot out, but working a hell of a lot of hours yeah. trying to get capital on the market. Um, and then, as I said, probably in the previous podcast, I was really like foot out, foot in for, for a fair few years. And um, yeah, it wasn't until like kind of after 2017, we kind of got wrecked by the old crypto Trip markets. And get out, which is a bitch. It's um, brutal. That was brutal. Uh, once you once you do that, you kind of it puts it into perspective a little bit. Like we know a lot of people got hurt, hell of a lot more than I did, um, including yourself. Yeah. So it's it kind of puts a lot of things into perspective, and then you start going again and going a little bit harder and focus on the knowledge and yeah, it's, that was a bit all over the place. But when when you say when you say half, back to, oh sorry, go on. Leading back to like what a piece of advice for like a younger 
kind of person would be is what I did was work really, really hard to get as much money into the markets as possible at a young age. Um, it was a time based opportunity. That was one of the factors. But if you look at compound, the much money you get, like compound works on two things. It's focused on time and it also works on uh, the percentage yeah. uh, that you compound, in, com- percentage of interest you compound at. So, the, you know, the way to increase your you know, percentage that you compound at is obviously by knowledge because that's how you do it. And then to increase, I mean, your time, you have to get as much money in as quickly as possible. So that's why we kind of, we looked at it first, first started that, that, that way. But what I would probably also give people advice to do is kind of just experiment with odd little passions find what you want to do in the world because that's kind of like what I had to do after 2017 is kind of find what I enjoy find what I want to do find out what I want to do in, like with the rest of my life um, and people put the pressure on you to make that decision when you're in school and go to uni and then do a certain job and then want a certain lifestyle like you like being realistic you can do if, if you don't tie yourself down with a hell of a lot of responsibilities early you can do a hell of a like pretty much whatever you want so hmm. kind of experiment try and not incur too much debt while doing that like don't go spend in everything you can and then get a goddamn credit card and go traveling like, do it <laughs> yeah um go to places with which go to places with lower costs which arguably have better perspectives um or offer better perspective shifts uh, yeah, and just follow your passions and learn as much as you can about it. Be inquisitive, be curious. I think that's kind of what we touched on last time as well. But mm. that's kind of what I'd say. What yeah. About, what was the now that was beautiful. Was I think I think that was really really well put. I think that really uh, that's really useful advice for someone sort of younger and like looking, you know, like not sure like not sure how to sort of um, how to tackle the time thing, but also how to tackle um how to how to approach you know sort of um like a direction for like for someone that like of that age um would you would you say once you've done your research do you think you would go all in with the investing in terms of like so you've got this job you're making more money now because you're putting more hours into it and you're learning the markets and you're learning self-development would you um maybe not necessarily advice for other people, but would you, or did you like put most of your money into the market straight away? Or was it kind of like you had like a, a sort of like a, you got a taste for it and then you slowly, um, you had to sort of see for yourself over time. Um, I have a relatively impulsive nature. So if I see something, I kind of have a real hard crack at it. But I would say that over time, like I would say my risk tolerance is a touch higher than a few people at yeah. that age, but um, it certainly grew a percentage of income over time for sure. Yeah. So like when I first started, it was kind of like working it out and then kind of you have to build your confidence and kind of in the system and what's going on and your trust in certain people that were kind of helping me at that time and were giving you know, me, me uh, the advice and whatnot. Yeah. So it builds time to get into certain things, but there was a point there that I was doing, yeah, 50% of income. 
yeah for a while that's so. re- that's really good I, th- I think the yeah i think the, the the piece of advice there to i suppose building on that is you know if it your actions and, and and like how aggressive you go if that sort of thing aligns with how ambitious you are right if you kind of um want a little bit of you kind of want a bit more than where you are now but you don't want to your ambition is just like a little bit higher then you could be a bit more savvy with your money invest a little bit learn a little bit work a little bit more hours and that could still get you ahead right but if you want to get as much as you can in the shortest amount of time you're going to have to make some sacrifices and and i'm sure you did that with you know your social like going out with friends and sort of giving up a lot of um a lot of that time because there's only so many hours in in a day and a week so you worked more you studied more and you invested so you went a bit more aggressive than most people would at your age which is um you know not for everyone but like it can set you up really well Mm, it's been it's been growing like eating dollar dollar goddamn soup cans for a, and eating fucking two minute noodles for a while like that's <laughs> and great but, um, you know and living in <laughs> living in real interesting kind of accommodation just for real um for, for really really cheap yeah it's I will I wouldn't give any of it or what like. I wouldn't, I don't regret any of it and I would do it all again if I have to because it's put me in the position I am today. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, I reckon, I reckon, yeah, like mad respect. I reckon it's fuck, like it's really fucking hard to, um, to see everybody sort of spending their money on like, you know, the things that a young person enjoys, right? And you're, you're making that kind of money so you know you can do the same things as them but you choose to invest in things or to go like a slightly different route. Um, even though you're working just as hard or if not harder than, you know, the, the people around you and, and to be okay with kind of enjoying some small things but also being like thinking about your future rather than just right now. So foregoing the things now for later, for the later you. Yeah, I think yeah. when I was young where I messed up um, was when I say I was like a foot in, foot out. Yeah. I used to earn, I used to earn like a hell of a lot more. I was just working more hours and I just... I have that kind of social skills where I just got promoted quick, uh, quickly to certain things and then I ended up getting manager's job by default because there was no one else there to take, do it. Yeah. Um, I got really lucky and like blessed to have that opportunity, which I learned, I was terrible at by the way, but I learned a hell of a lot from it. So yeah. I'm thankful for that opportunity, um, which is a massive reason of probably who I am today. But uh, I was earning, back to the point, I was earning a hell of a lot or earning a decent amount in comparison because everyone wasn't working, they were studying uh, in uni and all that kind of stuff. But what I would do is I'd pretty much put the excess of what they were, like whatever they were earning, mm. everything past that, I would kind of put into the markets and then I would still relatively not go out as much. Mm. Like I'd probably go out once a month or something like that. Yeah. But go relatively a little bit harder. So yeah. I think um, like, yeah, personally, that was why I say like I was a foot in, foot out. I was probably kind of not really understanding, still very mature, still young, touch ego, where I still kind of gave in now and then to those mm. social of partying and stuff like that. But um, it's I think I want I yeah I'd love to see kind of the results. Obviously, if you know I'd done as much as I probably could have back then, 
yeah. but I don't think it would lead me to have the perspective as I do today mm. and be probably as mature and respect what I have as much. Yeah. I think I think a lot of, I think a lot of it is is like going to the gym though, right? Like you progressively work up to your heavier weights and, and the more aggressive workouts. Whereas like if you maybe go a little bit too hard on, on a workout you might go you might sort of be discouraged to kind of come back or, or like continue doing it because you feel like you're sacrificing a lot um so i suppose there's there's kind of that that, that kind of balance and it just depends how aggressively you want to go but i think at 18 19 20 like most people aren't really sort of thinking about investing or, or thinking about you know five five years down the track they're thinking about tomorrow they're thinking about next week you know <laughs> yeah yeah i think that kind of i would call it like a medium term kind of outlook yeah it's like thinking a few years in the head where everyone was thinking like at, at the moment yeah where you know if i was a little bit smarter i would have been thinking way long term which is kind of how well this is definitely how i think now which is like money is not even a, money's not really a point that i think or i try not to think about anymore and i'm progressively getting better at not thinking about the short-term money at all it's just about you know progressing myself and eventually it'll work itself out the money but um yeah, yeah it's, it's it's a really good point the, the longer the horizon the you know the less um the the less uh how what's a good way to say it i suppose the less um the more calculated your decisions will be i suppose right like if if you're long if you're thinking long term you're you're thinking about value you're not thinking about you know things that are going to sort of work in the short term and you're going to get much better results um in 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 markets and in relationships and just um just just going after your goals in general and one one thing we kind of talk about in this house a lot and talk about as a a company and friends is Kind of like the the soul factor. I don't think people. I've never heard really people touch on that. Well, it's not really my idea, but it's um. Mm. Something I'm just gonna uh, translate for people is you have to what you're going to do in life, whatever it is, you have to do it the right way, and you can't forego like your soul and your spirit and your the person you are to get those things that you think you want. Yeah. You have and have to keep your integrity and the person you are in everything you do. You have to keep your soul intact for life. Arguably one of the hardest things to do because the world is always throwing different opportunities, different sensations, different things at you at all times. Mm. But, you know, if one thing I'm really trying to learn at the moment and really trying to articulate for people is to keep your soul and keep your integrity intact, do everything you can to get what you want and do it in the right way. Yeah. Don't, I think Naval speaks about kind of win-win business kind of mentality of, you know, you can win and the person that you're in business with can also win or you can win and your customer can win. You can get paid and your customer can get the best service and, just think every person you meet doesn't have to be, just because you get something doesn't mean the other person has to lose, hmm. right? And so I feel like sometimes maybe in, in the financial world, 
we forget that sometimes because everything's a transaction, right? If you're buying and you're going to win, that means that person's selling and they're going to lose. Yeah. Sometimes people think it in that kind of black and white where it's, you know, and this is kind of a really first forming thought. So I'd have to articulate it a little bit later for people as well, but it's, it's more about kind of why cannot everyone win at all times? Yeah. You have to be a loser. Right. And does that mean sometimes you're going to sacrifice a little bit off the top? Absolutely. But would you prefer to have everything by yourself? Or would you prefer for everyone to have a little bit of everything? Like one thing we talk about all the time is I, especially in this house is there's no point in one of us being rich at the top of a mountain mm. and all the other boys at the bottom. Yeah. Like we want us to be in, to be, our, to be, you know, the best version of ourselves and to be as wealthy as possible to help as many people as possible together. Yeah. Like the one there's a UFC fight, and this is kind of going a little bit off track, but if there's a UFC, UFC fight, Rose Namajunas, right? Mm. Like, arguably one of the biggest savages in, in, in women's sport and in sport in general at the moment. Like, she punches people for delivering and does it really, really well. <laughs> She's right? a beast. She's a beast. Constantly, her message is, why can't just people be nicer in the world? Yeah. Just being each other. Just love people. Hmm. I'm like, dude, if, if a person who, you know, in most people's context of what she does for a living is barbaric and savagery, can after punching someone and then winning at a contact sport, say, why can't we just be nice to each other? Like, dude, she gets it. She gets the point. Yeah. What life is. I think, yeah, honesty is, is, a, is a big thing and it will get you to where you need to a lot sooner if, if you're able to make, make those, um, you know, whatever you do, if you're able to have integrity and be honest with yourself with your decisions and, and you know, have that sort of um, humility for self-awareness. And then also, you know, you know, to your point around Rose, you can have marginal situations where, you know, it's not going to make a big difference whether you choose one or the other. But given these marginal marginal decisions, why not choose to be kind, even though it's it's not going to be like a big impact? Because you're kind of working up that muscle for you to automatically choose the kind of option when you're given two options, right? So, like perfect example, um, you're driving and someone cuts you off you can either not like or they're trying to like squeeze into like from the emergency lane or something you can either speed up and try to like make it hard for them to come in or you can just be kind and sort of slow down and like you know sort of let them in and like you know one on one hand you might sort of see it as like hey i'm letting this this asshole in yeah <laughs> but on the other hand you can just kind of see it as like hey i'll just be i'll be the kind person in this situation or in this negotiation yeah yeah one way I try to like think about interaction specifically is to think of yourself in that other person's shoes as much as you can. Yeah. That person in, in when you're driving, that person in line may be having the worst day of their life. Yes. They may be rushed somewhere. They may be I like I mean the list of potential problems that they have going on in this world that we live in today are ridiculous. So one of them may actually be happening to that person at this time. Like it's incredibly easy for you to pump the brakes and just let them in yeah. and not 
stuff about it in comparison to beeping them when the flash is on like you're just creating extra yeah. negative energy for them i suppose you're like just, yeah, a perfect point. a perfect analogy would be like so that person that's just like wronged you right could be you could imagine yourself on your worst day on your worst week and you're mm-hmm. that person and now you're you've got the opportunity of like being in a good place and you're kind of going to be kind to yourself in a way right um or so that could have been like mark mark marky melbourne when he was 23 running his business feeling trapped and he's just like oh i just want to fucking get in like i hate this fucking traffic i hate life <laughs> and and now i'm i'm like 30 year old mark like hey i've got like positive friends i got support i'm gonna let this guy in you know like <laughs> yeah yeah i uh, just i think of people i mean what I don't know if it's just my parents, but I feel like a lot of parents say this, just like, put yourself in someone else's shoes, how would they feel? Yeah. That's like the wisest shit I've ever heard. Yeah. Sometimes, I feel like sometimes you need to, to to slow down and actually think about that though, because it's easy to kind of like, just brush over that idea, you know? Yeah. Like, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Like really, like, I mean, it's, emotional intelligence, massive part of that, of like, Put yourself in someone else's shoes and see how they would feel if you the way you spoke the way you kind of reacted like i feel like that's that's half the problem with jobs yeah everyone goes there with their connotation or the like the point of being pissed off all day like i don't want to be here what if everyone was just oh, fucking happy now nah, i'm good like would the world would the place not be considerably better yeah Do you not enjoy a touch more but you know for for a long time and for a, you know the majority that's going to be kind of the difference right so you're going to look weird if you always have that energy now we don't have it here we don't look weird because we're always happy we're always pumping each other up if anyone new comes to our house we are over the top in positive energy on like and it is on purpose because we want that person to make we want if they were having a shit day Mm. they don't leave on a shit day yeah they have a great day so for us we're in our little bubble where we just continue to pump each other up all the time we'll try to as best we can mm. so but like the difference is say in a workplace it takes one person to start it and usually they get shut down but it takes that one person to keep going and keep going and keep going and start infecting the rest of the workplace with that positive energy yeah and there's no reason I don't care if you're fucking sweeping the floors there's no reason you can't do that yeah. Like you can be the level employee, just start treating people how you want to be treated. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely it's definitely a lot easier going into a workplace where or like a friendship circle where everyone sort of, you know, uh has has only nice things to say about each other and like they sort of uh choose to find the positives like in 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 like a challenging, you know, task or situation or even it, it might just be like like difficult uh like it might it might it might be like pick packing or something and it like might be real laborious and but you can still see the positives in things right so uh, and it goes a long way yeah dude if you're pick packing like i mean there's so many fucking things i just didn't want to do like yeah what i used to do was similar to like similar to pick packing but i used to like pretty much mundane task you have to pick up like boxes and move it all the time right mm. dude Positive energy comes from you, there. Ain't no one quicker than me. It doesn't exist. <laughs> Actually, there's one dude. He's crazy. 
but like you know you give give your best and then that kind of infects other people yeah. and breathes on to other people you know and it's something i'm learning over time sometimes it catches me sometimes i'm especially in the workplace because it's hard you get overstressed you get tired you become negative blah 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 but mm. you know, try your best to be that leader and try your best to positive energy and shit man 50% of the world does it I reckon 100% of the world will be doing it real quick yeah you know what like uh, so I'm uh, I'm a bit of a warrior so like I get anxious easy and I've found like yeah. in workplaces when I've just started and like the work is challenging I've found like just being nice to people and kind of forgetting my own problems for a second makes people want to help me so yeah. you you can get a better result or make your life easier by being nicer to other people so that's yeah. I think that's important to remember too when you're having it difficult yeah I mean I, I don't know about you but it's not really like maybe not scientific but I refuse to believe that people just hate people yeah yeah I refuse that like, it just simply just doesn't make sense and and if you're if you're really selfish think of it this way like you could be you could be having the worst day but if you choose to try to be nice to someone then they're going to be nice back to you so you're going to make your day better <laughs> you know so it's, sure. it's about what you want yeah. you know? like, <laughs> yeah. if you want to if you want to add a selfish connotation to it that's perfect kind yeah, of yeah. Yeah. Nah, it's, it's crazy i just i don't know some we're trying to get better at every day something we're decent at and something that i think if a lot of other people looked into or pursued Hmm. the world would be a nutshell I suppose I think that's oh. I think that's a good note to, to finish it up uh, I think that was a yeah I reckon I, I think that was a that was beautiful last last couple of words mate <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> I think that's gonna you have to leave that in too that's gonna you have, have to leave, leave that the car. <laughs> it better I think um, what the last thing like I, I think we automatically somehow did this and I was going to bring it up at the start, but yeah. some of the feedback I was got is like, we didn't really provide context as to who we are Yeah. previous to it. Hmm. We had plans to talk about, I don't know what we had plans to talk about today. No, nah, didn't have any plans really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, I don't know if we should get better at that, but like, yeah, it was pretty, I would say went, went relatively well. So 